In this week's parsha, we have the Isser of taking ribbis as kaspach leisitin lebeneshech uvemarbis leisitin achlecha. It's also to take ribbis. The Gemara in Bametzia says, "Amr Shimon, Yoiser, more than what the lender with ribbis benefits, he loses. More than what he benefits, he loses. And the question is, what does this mean?" You know, a Ganif also gets punished, but it never says by a Ganif more than he benefits, he loses. It's not true. He just stole $100,000. He has $100,000 more. He, he definitely benefits. He may get punished for it later, but he definitely benefits. So why is this not true from somebody who takes Ribis as well? How could Rabbi Shimon and Gemara Bar-Metziah say more than a Malva Baribis is Nene? He's, he's Chaser. He loses. How can that be? So the Kliyakar explains a very, very fundamental question that is very, very bothersome. What is wrong with Ribis? What's wrong with Ribis? I have excess cash. You need to start a business. Rather than me deploying my cash and making money, I'm willing to lend you the money. I'm willing to lend you. I'm willing to start you off. I'm willing to give you a loan. I'm willing to help you buy your first building. I'm willing to help you buy your first inventory. It's mamish, a huge chassid I'm doing, in fact. You're happy to pay interest, especially if it's subprime, especially if I'm giving you a better deal than you could get out there. I'm doing you a huge favor, and you are more, you're overjoyed to pay me the ribbis. How can the iser of ribbis be so chamer? So the Kleyaka explains that lending money with interest is intrinsically different than any other type of work any other type of parnosa, any other type of way of making money. When a person goes into any business venture, by farming, it's the most obvious. Farmers literally need Hashem constantly. They're davening for rain, they're davening for rain in the right time, they're davening for rain in the right place. Farmers are mamish tali biyad Hashem. But even businessmen, when you go out on a limb and buy a lot of product, betting that the market will turn in such a direction, such a direction, you're placing a big bet and... For the meantime, you're davening very hard. You're davening that my bet, my idea, my forecast should go the way it does. A stock picker, a businessman who buys schayra, and even a person that buys real estate. You know, imagine if someone bought an office building in Manhattan right before COVID, and now no one's returning to the office. I'm sure he's not happy. He also needs Hashem when he bought this building. He had to daven that the office trends stay the way they are. Every other business, there's a big deal of uncertainty, there's a big deal of risk, and that risk is usually a cause for tefillah, in which case a person's business ends up being a source of Yerushalayim and closeness to the Rebbein On the other hand, someone that lends with ribbis, especially if it's collateralized, it's a win the minute he does it, there's kimat nothing that can go wrong. He's excited about getting his money. He has his collateral. He has his down payment. He has what he could collect from. He has access to the person's property. And he just can start counting the money as if it's there already. He could count his eggs before they hatch. That is the nature of lending in ribis. And therefore, says the Kleyaka, that's the love of ribis. Any business that intrinsically doesn't involve the Rebbein doesn't cause the person to turn to the Rebbein and daven for the welfare and the success of his business, is inherently a business that someone should not be engaged in. And that is the insidiousness of ribbis. In fact, the Malbim explains 
that that's why it's mutter to charge ribis tanakum, because by anakum, where it's by no means assured that he'll pay you back, he has no moral imperative to pay you back, and in fact, he has a societal ability to not pay you back every time the guy owed us too much money in Europe, we got kicked out of the country. So it's by no means certain. So when a person lends money to an Akam, he is davening. Therefore, it would fall in the category of businesses that do involve the Rebbein Shalom, that do require constant looking to the Rebbein Shalom to help. And therefore, lending money to an Akam is permitted. But Tayyid, where it's rest assured you're going to get paid back, it is just too easy and doesn't involve davening. Therefore, it is not a business that a Yid should be involved in. Comes out that a person who lends with ribbis is different than any other person who engages in Parnassa. When a person engages in Parnassa, it's a source of closeness between him and the Rebbein Shalom. It's a source of tefillah, it's a source of relying on the Rebbein Shalom, it's a source of bitachen, it's mamish what life is all about. A person goes to work in the morning, and from 9 to 5, isn't only engaged in business, he's engaged in bitachen. He's not only engaged in commerce, he's engaged in conversation with the Rebbein Shalom, both literally and figuratively. He's constantly dialing into the Rebbein Shalom. So his day at work is essentially his day at Anoichi Hashem His day at work is mamish, one big exercise in Betachem. And therefore, he gains. Work is a profitable experience, not necessarily in the monetary sense, but in the Betachem sense. Whereas a person who lends money in ribas, and it requires no betah, it requires no reliance on the Rebbein Shalom, it requires no closeness to the Rebbein Shalom, it requires no relationship to the Rebbein Shalom, he ends up losing more than he's gaining. His whole life, his whole business, his whole parnasa, his whole asik is an asik of richuk from the Rebbein Shalom, not kirif. And that's pshat in the Gemara in Bametzia, that Yoser, more than what he profits, he loses, because his whole business is a loss. This is something we see elsewhere in the parsha. My father wanted to make a tzushdel to a pasuk in this parsha, also in Bahar, talking about a person who's down and out and has to sell his property. When a person is down and out, he sells his family's house, his family's farm, his family's land. Imagine the hard straits the person is in. If he has a relative that could bail him out, fine, the relative comes and bails him out. A man who is down and out, had to sell his homestead, and has no relatives, continues the Pusik. This is the words of the Pusik. Then he has money. And he has the money. What just happened in this Pusik? The Pusik starts saying he's so down and out, he had to sell his property, he had to sell his ancestral homestead. Then the next thing it says, he has no relatives to bail him out. So this guy has no money, failed in business, has no access to capital. The next thing you find, how? What happened? He found money and he was able to bail himself out. What happened was, is at a certain point, he came to a realization. I cannot rely on my own business acumen. I cannot rely on my ability to create capital. I cannot even rely on easy money for my relatives to bail me out. I have no one to rely on. When a person finds himself in a situation that he has no easy answers, 
he turns to the Rebbe Hashem. And that's the, that is mamish, the direct result. When he has nowhere to turn, automatically he has money. Where? Because that's a person who's davening to the Rebbe Hashem. That's a person who starts being some in the Rebbe Hashem, who starts having betachem, who starts exercising betachem extremely practically. And that always works.